what's up guys welcome to the xp podcast level 12 today i'm joined with my co-host austin dude how you doing man everything regarding stadia has been like in your favor this week and it's been awesome yeah. seeing so much of like responses to your tweets and reactions to your tweets recently it's been awesome dude how's it been how's the week been for you yeah i'm a little shocked i don't have the blue check mark by now but uh <laughs> no no it's been a great week for for stadia and um cloud gaming in general just news all around and yeah the the whole like it's something like the stadia community i don't know if it's because they're like so small but it's like seems like everyone likes and retweets each other's stuff and everyone's like so on board with it for those who do use it. So yeah, it's pretty awesome though. I'm, I'm super stoked. I finally have it loaded onto my Google TV with Chromecast. So now all I got to do to play is just turn my TV on and I can even use the voice assistant on my little nice. remote to be like, play the division two. And it'll play the division two on stadia. It's pretty tight. So Very cool. it's all really cool without any console or anything it just just works and i haven't had any issues with lag or anything like that it runs it runs super well so ah uh, yeah great yeah i'm doing great that's everything's dope, good yeah that's dope and and how do you like the stadia controller i saw that you got Ooh, one. yeah so i did get the stadia controller whoop whoop and nice. um wasabi I, the wasabi colorway the green um, so I was really skeptical going into it. Uh, a lot of it because I'm so used to an Xbox button layout where they have the diagonal joysticks as opposed to the PlayStation layout. Well, the Stadia controller is sort of a mixture of both. It looks sort of like an Xbox controller, but it has the horizontal side-by-side -side joysticks. And honestly, like it, like, first of all, I've gotten used to it. I got used to it really quickly. Um, so that wasn't a problem. It feels really high quality. There's like this really cool texture on the back and the color looks really cool. So it definitely feels like a quality controller. It It is. So the, you know, the big, the big kicker with a stadia controller is that it connects via Wi-Fi to the stadia server. So it's not a Bluetooth. It, it connects straight to Wi-Fi. So the, uh, it feels, it feels great. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I don't notice any latency or anything with the connection. So I would say if, you know, if you're a hardcore Stadia user, um, I would, I would recommend, I mean, the thing is, is it's, it retails for 70 bucks. Thankfully they have a deal right now though, to where like, if you recommend like three people, <laughs> this is why I was spamming you guys on Slack. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, if I get three people to sign up, you can cancel it tomorrow. But if you just get three people to sign up, I get 50% off on a Stadia controller. So thankfully I have, I have great friends and, nice. and, um, it well, I wasn't out. one of them. So I failed you. I know. Well, you, you already signed up. So it, it made sense. Um, but uh, I hope that you know with XCloud and everything, I'm I'm curious to see if if Xbox goes to some sort of Wi-Fi controller if they want to do their controllers that way. I don't know if that's a thing, but but yeah, it's great. I love it. It's a great experience. Nice. And that other voice yeah. that you all heard, the man who was <laughs> missing from last week's episode. Adam Vogt, dude, you you were gone from the last episode. You're here. 
the audience can't hear this. Actually, I might implement it into the audio. But there's a new. They have a new thing so where you is, can add audio. That is you, Rob. That's that's you. I I assumed uh, just off the bat that was Austin. No, no, that, very nice. They, I feel very welcomed back. Ah, wow, there you that's go, dude. Wow, that's the, that's great. So Riverside just added this thing where you can start. Uh, you can upload your own uh, audio stuff, and so they have mm -hmm. just their own little default. So <laughs> drum roll, clapping, cheering has been one of them. But uh, you're a Mister Cool episode. It's nice to have you here. I do have a question yeah. for you. So I don't know if you saw. There's rumors circulating today about this uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, expansion that is coming out set for this year the end of this year uh and oh, they man. say it's an expansion almost to the same degree as miles morales so not a full-fledged game a bit smaller but coming out this year you have, sure have you heard about this no this really sounds, okay. this sounds great this all sounds great let's do it yeah so it, it, what's interesting is i think what supposedly i don't know where this name came from but the rumors is that it's it's called ghost of uh ishima and Ooh. it's another island that's part of the archipelago from Japan. And mm -hmm. you would just be playing in that small area. No one knows if you'd be playing as, what is his name? The main character. Don't know. Don't oh, know you're asking me? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, Google, Google, Google. Why, do I, why did I want to say Ryu? It's not Ryu. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> For some reason, I went to... Kazuto, and I don't even remember where I know that name from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jin Sakai. There we go, oh, Jin Sakai. Kazuto Kirigawa. Oh, that's shorter online. That's what that is. Oh, there you <laughs> go. There you go. So people don't know if you're going to be playing as him or you'll be playing as somebody else, but this is a rumor that is set, that is going to be announced within a state of play that should be happening within the next coming weeks. Yeah. Coming this year. Do you? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, that sounds cool in theory. I mean, I don't, I just don't know anything about it. Uh, I would say it's just, um, I'd want to know like what the story setup is. Um, you know, a big part of why Gosuva Tsushima is so great is just the, uh, character development and like the character relationships and this like grand you know story that's kind of tying all that together like it's more of a game about you know Jin and his uncle than it is about just straight up mongols to me at least right, right. like to right, me that's right. one of the greater points of it so like there mm. needs to be i guess a good premise to it which i assume they have one it's just like without knowing it it's hard right, to be right. hyped so i don't know yeah. i i mean optimistic if that's real i assume they have a good premise and It'd be cool. It, I mean, you could play as Jin again. You could play as Yuna. That'd be really cool too, or someone different. Anything yeah. goes, I guess. I'm a, I'm a little wary about it just because of the fact that we just we just got Ghost of Tsushima, and then on top of that, mm. within a couple months later, we got that multiplayer mode. I just don't know how they had so much time to make another expansion, unless. And this is what kind of makes me a little bit because I'm 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 a little upset with PlayStation right now. Maybe a state of play if they really if they really came strong would change my mind. But if they did this, because right now we don't even know if Horizon's coming out this year, and there's a good chance it can get delayed because they mm -hmm. still are not giving a window. They're just like holiday 2021, and we and that's it. Um, it would be strange if they got this expansion out because then what that means is 
the whole team working on Sushima, it's almost as if they're like, hey, Horizon's not done yet, which they probably knew the moment that they announced it, probably way before that. And so they're like, hey, can we get you to start working on just a smaller expansion, take you away from actually working on Ghost of Tsushima 2, work on this small expansion in a new island, and then so we can get this out quicker so we can just cons- like feed the players just a bit to hold them over till the next big thing. And then once you're done with that expansion, all right, now you can go away for who knows how long, five years for Ghost yeah. of Tsushima 2. That's the pessimistic way to look at it. That's the, I'm very upset with Sony right now because they're very business-minded right now and they're not yeah. they're not showing a lot of fan love or fan service. There's also the version of the story where, um, oh shoot, um, Sucker Punch has another story they want to tell that's a smaller story mm. and they pitched it and then, you know, it got greenlit and, you know, there's that story too. Because yeah. that's also not not across the board, but with the studios that it is showing favor to, the Sony gives a lot of leeway to their first party s- studios that oh, absolutely. they favor. So with how yeah. well Gosu uh, Tsushima did, they're probably like, sure, do you you want to do that? Sure, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, yeah. Um, because I, 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 you know, obviously we hear stories about Naughty Dog kind of getting their way yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. lot of senses of the word. Because they're the um, favorite child. But, and, you know, you hear about Ben's studio um, not being that. Yeah. And, you know, it's like Days Gone just didn't perform as well. Um, and so that there's been a lot of, I don't know, churn with that studio. But, I mean, I assume yeah. Sucker Punch is kind of, seen very favorably right now and uh, so i would assume that this is their call not sony's yeah and not to be on this topic too long because it can literally become an entire bigger topic but what i see from this is this is probably some of the few remaining actions that sean Layden probably put into place we did see when he left one of the biggest things that he was talking about was that we need more smaller games more often and Hmm. I I'm, and there's been a lot of talk is that maybe one of the reasons why he left was because there was an odds in regards to thought process between the heads, and so there could be a, there could be a good chance that you know Miles Morales was a, a a child from Sean Layden being like let's make a smaller game more often, and then the same thing to Sucker Punch let's make a smaller game more often. So then they started making on one as they were alongside making the other one. So that could be what's going on but we can continue going along about everything regarding playstation but today guys we're gonna be talking about everything e3 uh and talking Ooh. about some of the biggest things that we uh saw and what stood out to us but before we get into that i want to go into a little bit of housekeeping uh first things first by the time that this episode airs um i will have a video up on the channel it's an interview with chandler wood he's the editor-in-chief at playstation lifestyle and i'm gonna be going over Everything regarding this whole blue box game studios conspiracy and the release of their app, which happens on the Friday, uh, the day after this recording. And so he's going to be on the channel. So if you're listening to this, you're watching this. Well, when you're done with this, head on over to the channel and go check out that interview I'm going to have with them so that we can see everything while I pick his mind about everything going on with blue box and Hideo Kojima and everything around that. So uh, go check the channel for that. And then on top of that last bit of, housekeeping i do want to say guys it does mean a lot to us whenever we get a review and today Mm. 
I don't know why I just was, I, it, I think I was listening to, cause I listened to podcasts on the daily and somebody yeah. mentioned on there about reviews and how important it is. And I don't think I often mention that too much on our podcast, but I thought to myself, I don't, I don't use Apple podcasts. I use Spotify now. That's like my big thing mm. because they keep track of, it keeps tracks of all my stats and I love that stuff. And so mm. I was like, let me redownload the Apple podcast app and see if someone left the review. And to my surprise, we got a wow. review on Apple podcasts. This was back on May 7th, but I do want to read it real quick. This is from Mr. Irrelevant. And he says, I like video games, but I'm not someone who keeps up with the industry slash breaking news. And this pod does a great job of condensing all that information into relevant info that keeps me informed. And he left us a five-star wow. review. So guys, I sent that to, I sent that to the two guys here earlier today, but uh, it literally put a smile on my face because I, I, I that means a lot. We, we all put in a lot of work when it comes to doing this and searching up and coming up with our ideas and things and putting them in the show notes, uh, you know, it takes time out of our day so we can do that. So I really appreciate that review that Mr. Relevant said. And if you guys can go on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast service you use and you can rate us, please do, because that just boosts us up into the search bar and onto certain categories of genres much easier. So people can find us easier. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to let that be out there. And real quick, going through the rigmarole, this is the x podcast, your bi-weekly video game podcast where we just talk all things regarding to bringing our topics to the table. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, topics, corrections, let us know in the comments section of the video, or you can tweet at us at either Twitter at ambitiouscasual.com, or you can email us at xppodcast at ambitiouscasual.com. Utilize the timestamps below so that we can jump to the things that you guys want to listen to. But if you don't, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out some good good stuff now jumping straight into topic of the show guys we got we just we just had e3 for the first time in over two years it skipped last year last year we had the summer game fest that was put on by jeff Keeley. this year we also had summer game fest along with actual e3 coming back in a more digital fashion and to me, I was, I was, I was full of energy. I love it. Like I, I was at home, I was working. And so I wasn't able to cover everything. So those who are listening or watching, if you go to the ambitious casual YouTube channel, I do have a number of videos that went over a couple things that I thought is highlights for a lot of the conferences, but I was super excited. I watched almost every conference. I didn't get every single one of them. I kind of missed the ones that everyone was by the end of them. were like, these were not worth watching at all. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad I didn't get those, but I kind of asked the guys, hey, what are about four to five things that stood out to you? Highlights from E3. And uh, I'm going to start with Adam. Adam, I don't know where you were at in regards to everything E3. Were you kind of keeping up with everything, either watching them or were you keeping up through it via online and YouTube and that kind of stuff? Um, It was a mix. So I definitely watched Nintendo's Showcase Live. I caught some of Xbox. No, I caught some of Summer Game Fest and Day of the Devs live. I think I caught some of Xbox Live, but then I totally skipped Square Enix and uh, Ubisoft mm. and just caught recaps on those. And that seems like that was the right call. Um, and then, of course, I watched the majority of Devolver Digital's uh, presentation because that's always fantastic. And so I was kind always of in great. and out. I was also like traveling for, for work, so it was a, a weird situation <laughs> yeah. for me. I literally like watched the Nintendo Direct 
eating lunch with like two of my coworkers that I've met in person nice. for the first time. I'm like, yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Hi. Sweet. Um, so yeah. Um, so I have a I have a question. I know we're going to talk yeah. about some of our most hyped games. Are we yeah. going to start with our least hyped games or with our most hyped games? Let's go with uh, let's go from let's leave the best for last. Okay. So obviously, if we have anything to contribute to the conversation, we could just jump in while you're speaking. Just completely interrupt Adam whenever we want to, and uh, so Sweet. we can just put in our two cents. You know. Well, we'll we'll it. rotate so then I I can <laughs> everyone gets a even deal out if we all yeah, play there nice we go. It'll, it'll work fine. There you go. Um, so then my least let's see my least typed one. This was a very interesting one. So this one is called uh, Demon. And Throttle. I want to clarify real quick. I do want to clarify real quick. This is your least hyped out of your most five hyped. Yeah, yeah. So that sorry. way, people that way people are not like, yeah. Why are you, why are you taking the time by your day to just talk about the one that you don't like a lot? So that is a great clarification. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> um so of the five i decided to talk about today um because some of my other hyped games are being discussed by other co-hosts here um (laughs) of my top five the least hyped one is called a game called demon throttle uh so this came Mm -hmm. out of um let me double check so this came out of devolver digital's showcase and i just want to make sure i get the uh um name and how was that how was that how was that showcase dude they always, I love, they I, always I, seem I, to knock it out, man. I, I love it. They <laughs> they have a very in-your-face approach to, hey, let's make a very um, produced video that's um, fantastical in ways and yes. uh, is, yes. a, is a, a huge commentary always on like the current state of um, like video games marketing uh, in a lot of ways. So they've done some very interesting stuff. But then they typically have some of my favorite games every year. Uh, you know, they publish mm. a lot of indie games and they uh, tend to fund and publish a lot of interesting ideas. They're like, that's an interesting idea. We think that mm. you are passionate about it and it looks like it sounds like it'll be fun based off your pitch, or at least it sounds like it'll be interesting based off your Absolutely. pitch. And so a lot of yeah. strange but incredible indies make their way um, through Devolver Digital. Uh, so yeah, this one definitely falls in that category. Yeah. Uh, so this game is called Demon Throttle, uh, and just reading off. Um, so I, I, you know, kind of summed up. It's a retro arcade style, top-down action game that is only mm. getting a limited physical release. That's awesome, dude. There is That's there's awesome. no cool. digital listings for this game. Will be no digital it. listings for this game at all. And it's uh, I can't remember what. Um, it's not one of my typical limited release um, companies I go through. Um, it's not limited run or uh, I am eight bit, but it's another one. It, and so, yeah, yeah, the, you you pre wow. <laughs> better pre order if you want it. Um, <laughs> but it, it it's definitely it's very action arcadey, and it looks really cool. Um, wow. in my mind. Uh, but yeah, I I think developed by Doink Soft. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway sorry i'm I'm going to read it off real quick just just the the pitch that they have for this game is they they say that demon throttle tells the story of a beautiful vampirist and dusty gunslinger on a quest for vengeance against a demon that stole her mystical chalices and slept with his estranged wife now the two (laughs) unlikely companions must blast their way through four monsters generals and their wicked domains to lift the demon's curse and exact their revenge so i believe it's also like uh couch co-op so two nice. player kind of thing nice. if you want it to be that way that's so. awesome yeah 
So yeah, the, the, you know. the way that this works is that it is, it is off of specialreservegames.com. Yes. So that's where you buy it. Um, it is a limited release, like Adam said. Uh, you can get two kinds. You can either just get the actual game box. It's, the, you know, your typical Switch box. Or you can get the reserve one, which it comes in a special reserve box, sequ- sequentially numbered. I think there's like only 5,000 of them. And they will be shipping in 2022. So you can go buy them right now. Um, so yep. they'll be shipping next year. But I love that, dude. I, because yeah. No big company would do that because it doesn't. It's not. It's not business or mind oriented. But mm. but Devolver Digital is like, let's just do it. It's fun. But it's a it's lot fun. of it's fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where I even like if I'm like kind of iffy on the gameplay. Even if I end up being iffy on the gameplay, from what I've seen, it looks like it'd be good. But even if I didn't end up loving it, I'd be totally fine. Like, look, I own this game that only got a yes. physical release in the year 2022. And yeah, there's only flex. so many of them out there. And look at it. I have it. Uh, yeah. I can right just next see to my like, copy of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. I can see you in like 2050 so. being like, yo, I had the limited release <laughs> of this game. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, Sonny. Demon yeah, Throttle. Oh, oh my gosh. Great game. <laughs> You're like in, in a VR world. Like nothing's real. It'll be. <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> You're just talking to NPCs. <laughs> That'll totally be me. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. hope, no, what I'll have done by that point when we're all living in this VR world is you'll be able to, in the VR world, control a physical robot that I have set up that plays the physical game. <laughs> there we go. And that's the only yeah, way to play it. Real. Yeah. That's the way to do um, it. Okay, going on next, I'm going to... I guess what we'll do is we'll just dump to person to person to the next topics. Um, Austin, we're going to start with you next. What is your least hyped out of your top hyped games that you saw at E3? Man, that's hard. I'm really hyped about all of them. And I, I put four games. They are hyped. Totaled. Um, I guess the, you don't have to do the way Adam did. You can just do it however you want. No, I want to, I got, I want to stick to it. All right. All right. Number four out of four, I would say, ooh, mm, I guess Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Um, I like, okay. I'm really stoked for this game. And obviously, because like it's like Stadia's claim that it's coming to Stadia. And, you know, um, and I, I'm also really psyched about this game because, um, this is the game that inspired Disney to go forth with a uh, Star Wars open world Star Wars game. They saw how this game functioned, how it worked, and they were like, this is awesome. We need to make a Star Wars game just like this. So um, I'm excited for what this game has set up for the future. Uh, for the game itself, I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, the... The Avatar, I loved it when it came out. I think the universe is beautiful. I think the game's going to be beautiful. Um, It is. I believe it said it was a first-person game. Um, Hoping I can switch to third-person. I Hmm. I don't know. I just feel like in Pandora, like, I want to see it all. I want to see my character. Like, I feel like in a game like this, I don't know. I feel like you should be able to switch around, but hey, maybe maybe that'll they'll make the first-person thing really immersive and really cool. So who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it'll be, I, I, I think it'll be a cool game. I'm excited to, to try it out and, and see how it goes. So what is, what, what exactly does Avatar Frontiers of Pandora have to do with the Star Wars game? 
same uh right so uh, same creators it's massive entertainment which is an ubisoft studio and um essentially you know what happened was the you know disney saw what they were doing with avatar what massive was doing with avatar and all of that and they were like you know this looks incredible we need to do the same thing with with a star wars video game thus spawned the this the announcement oh, sure. of, of the open world mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars video game coming out in a couple of years. So, um, so basically, playing this Avatar game is going to show us a lot uh, about uh, what the future Star Wars open world game is going to be. I, I saw in some article, I can't remember where it was, but uh, you know, they they said that there's going to be like this whole new technology with the NPCs, where they're going to be they're going to be very complex and like even more immersive than you know the NPCs mm-hmm. they have in games and open world games today. So um i I don't even know i don't know what that means but there's a lot of unknown with it but um you know it'll be i think it's exciting you know so so question for you i think before all this i think the assumption was definitely that this would be the the star wars game would be some kind of squad based shooter game possibly bad batch does the avatar thing change that and real quick are you asking that question because super massive i mean not super massive massive games is known for the division yeah which is a very yeah. co-op uh based kind of game shooter tactical mm. so yeah i just want to add that yeah. about your question adam because that does put that into perspective thank you totally yeah no absolutely um i i, I don't really know i they haven't really said much about it um uh, as far as like squad based um I, i'm not sure um to be to be honest i, I think that that'd be really cool I, i've been playing division two recently and thinking of that sort of in a star wars realm um would be would be really dope you know easily uh, matching up with friends and sort of that third person over the shoulder view um <laughs> so oh my cat there's my cat all right <laughs> Um, so I think, um, <laughs> I, th- I, I think it could be something similar to division. Maybe you're a, a group of bounty hunters or a group of rogue clones, like we're seeing in bad batch right now, or, or whatever it may be, um, kind of the, the over the shoulder third person view. I, I don't know, honestly, but that, that very well could be what we see, you know, that kind of, that kind of perspective. Um, so, or it could be more similar to, you know, the early Assassin's Creed games, at, you know where it's it's a little more um single player driven a little more uh reactionary as far as combat goes you know gentle pushes through the crowd more parkour stuff like that i, I personally would like to see that is you know but since it is massive since they've done division it could be more like a division type game so we'll see either way it's star wars nice. i'm there i'm sold like a pre-order no doubt in my mind so I, I actually, I, I feel like I, I had the same sentiment as you because <laughs> everything that you're saying, the fact that Disney saw what they're doing with Avatar and said, this looks just, this looks good. Let's trust you with the, with the, our other big IP. That actually makes me more excited for the Star Wars game than it does for Avatar itself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I guess it's almost like we had to get, we <laughs> had to get this too. Avatar game so that way we <laughs> can too. get the Star Wars game. Um, yeah. So that's cool i i will try it out if it like if, if i have the means at the time yep. to, to get the game like unless there's something else bigger happening around it i might give it a try avatar is known for being this 
humongous world with just a lot yeah. of things going on. Again, the the movie franchise has been in a bit of a mess, but uh, I don't know, and we'll see what they can pull off in regard to in regards to this uh, this game. So, um, Dude, I know. Going into my list, I'm not I'm not a savage like Adam. All right, so all my yeah, games you, mean just the same with each other. So I will just pull one. I'm just gonna pull one out, and I'm just gonna talk about it. No, none is less than the other. Right? I respect all these games. Uh, I'm. I will start with this one, and I know that I know that Austin will have something to say about this. But I'm gonna start with Starfield. Um, I want to make this clear from the beginning. I've never been a fan of Bethesda Game Studios' work. Never been a fan. They're known for Fallout and the Elder Scrolls. I've hated those games, and let me not say hate. I dislike them. Hate is a very strong word. Mm. I just like those games. And that and that comes from a, a family where my other brothers, they all love those games. They're the biggest fans. Like my brother has a PS3 because he can play his Fallout 3 save profile on that PS3. And so they love Fallout. Um, but to me, I never liked them. There was a lot of jank. They never looked good. And I never thought they yeah. had tight gameplay. But and I think by the time Fallout 4 came out, which is around the same time when The Witcher 3 came out, it was apparent that they completely needed to overhaul the creation engine. There's no way that a studio that was as big as Bethesda, I would have to say at the time, much bigger than CD Projekt Red, was making a game that was so behind from their competitor being CD Projekt Red with The, with the Witcher. Yeah. With The Witcher 3 looking light years ahead of it. And so with that, I think it was apparent that everyone knew they had to update their engine. And honestly, they did with this new game um, with a couple of, you know, they, with, the, with, with a couple trippings of Fallout 76 not working out for them. I think it was like a, a double hitter, both Fallout 4. I, I, it did well, but with Fallout 4 not getting as great reception as they would have liked it to, and Fallout 76 not getting any good reception at all from the beginning, I think it was apparent they're like, we need to change this. And so... I think that's very apparent, though, with the small teaser that we got for Starfield. And I'll be honest, when the moment that they started it, and, and again, th th this C3 was very different than any other. There wasn't a crowd behind what they were saying that was completely hyping up everything. I wasn't watching any um, any other creators out there so I can, you know, react with their reactions at the same time. I was just purely watching the stream on its own. And so... I honestly, when they started the entire Xbox showcase with Starfield, one, that was a that is a very strong, strong sign that they're trying to put out. This is our big, this is our big game. And with that, everything that they showed, I think looked so much it's better, in my opinion. The teaser was an in-game teaser within the engine. So everything that you're seeing is what the game would look like within the engine of what they're making. And I will have to say what I saw already looked so much more polished compared to compared to fallout 76 compared to fallout 4 it just looked cleaner and i think the biggest thing to me was and i know it's just a small it's a small glimpse yeah. but yeah. we see a glimpse of the astronaut's face on like through his visor and already just by the character model of his face that we saw i already was like that face looks a thousand times better than any of the faces that they've done in fallout before like it just has more detail mm -hmm. it looks more lifelike it doesn't have this jankiness to it. And so I'm very excited about it. And kind of going off of what, what Austin wrote, I think some of the keywords that they're saying is actually yeah. really, really cool. Like Skyrim in space, which again, I'm not a big Skyrim fan, but I know what that means. Open world in space. To me, what I'm thinking is No Man's Sky. I'm a huge No Man's Sky fan. I love No Man's Sky. It's, complete, yeah. it's not underrated anymore. I think there's 
it has the right amount of love now than it had mm-hmm. at the beginning, which also had a very rough patch at the beginning. But yeah, No Man's Sky in space uh, and, a Han, and a Han Solo sim. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. And so, yeah. again, we don't know. We don't know yeah. much. I, and I, I'm going to admit that we don't know much, but I am still super yeah. excited to see I what the end of store because this truly feels like a team that kind of got knocked down two times and they're like, okay, we're, we're, we're coming in. We're coming in strong this time. All right. Todd Howard is like, well, this is our game. We're going to come in strong. This is purely next gen. They never mentioned anything about it being pat, like a, a cross gen. They literally said, this is a next gen console game. That's what Xbox said. And so I'm very excited about this. Austin, what are, what are your thoughts in regards to Starfield? Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, like I'm kind of on, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I actually don't, I, I personally haven't been a massive fan of, 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 of uh, Skyrim and, 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 the, and, and those types of games. I, I did, I have enjoyed El- Elder Scrolls Online lately. Um, I, for some reason, it seems just a little bit smoother, cleaner. Um, but I had, I didn't have an, an awesome experience with Skyrim. Um, but looking at Star, you know, this game just looks like it's it's leagues above every, everything else. Um, I, I think my, my problem was, is just like, I was, I, I'm so like, like the game has to look and feel really good. And like the slow attack movements of Skyrim and all that stuff was just like, it would get old for me. And I'm like, I know that's not the point. Like this game isn't really about combat. It's about exploration, leveling, looting, all of that stuff. But I, I'm someone who just loves the action. So I, I, I'm hoping with Starfield, we get that same sort of open world exploration, looting feel, uh, but with slightly you know better combat Um yeah, I, I'm excited to see it. I, it looks incredible, um, yeah. and I, I, I'm definitely going to look into pre-ordering it for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And dude, for day day one, day one on Xbox Game Pass, like that's that's, mind, that's, that's crazy. Mind-blowing. That's mind blowing, dude. Like this spoiled. Can, this can be. This could be one of the biggest games of the time. We don't know yet. I know that there is so much promise with Cyberpunk. I think everyone learns from that. So we're not really seeing much about the, oh, about the actual bad. gameplay yet. And what I do like about the way how Bethesda does do some things, like when Fallout 4 was first announced, it literally came out three months or four months later. And so I kind of, I like that a lot more because then you're kind of keeping everything tight, like close to your chest. So I'm really excited. The fact that this is day one Xbox Game Pass game, unbelievable, unbelievable. Adam, do you have anything to say in regards to Starfield? Pretty cool. Um, I think I currently have zero hype for this game oh, what? Nice. so i don't want to rain on y'all's parade wow. right now but no nah, dude right. no nah, dude be, be honest, be honest. <laughs> we, we literally, hey, i like i like the contrasting opinion <laughs> i mean all we have is like a inkling of a setting you know so like semi real world early era of human space exploration um and that's it yeah that's all we know and to me like that's not a setting that gets me excited and so i literally have nothing about Mm. there's nothing about this game that is known that i can be excited about because absolutely i don't know that's true because it's true fallout does well fall flat for me in a lot of ways or at least four did which is you know the only one i've played um and even skyrim even though i love skyrim 
so much at the time and have gone back and played it so much. It's just like a game that doesn't hold my attention. And so to to me, my reaction yeah. is this setting seems like it's going to be very empty. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they prove me wrong on mm-hmm. that. But if there's empty and it's Skyrim in space yeah. and I Skyrim already can't hold my Could get lonely. You know, attention, then it's like I literally until they show more, have nothing that I'm right. excited about for this game. Right. And what's funny is everything that you said, I, I totally. agree with you. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with you 100%. So I, I think... I th- uh, yeah, I know. It's totally... Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is the reason why I put it on my list is the fact that I'm actually... It, it, it has piqued my interest so much that from a studio that I never really liked their games. And so really excited to see what they have in store. But uh, Adam, mm-hmm. what, what's, a, what's the next game that you want to talk about that, that stood out to you on uh, at E3? Um, I think I'll be pretty quick with this one, um, just because I still don't know enough about it. It's so weird. This this game's called Inscription, also yes, from Devel- uh, Devolver Dil- uh, sorry, Devolver huh. Digital so- uh, Showcase, and it looks weird. Um, yes, so it it's is. it's I guess the simple conceit seems to be that yes. it's a kind of a a deck building roguelike game. Yes. Like you might think of Slay, uh, Slay the Spire is. But then it's like a game in a game. So you're playing that game inside this escape room survival horror game, which yes. looks super trippy. And, yes. um, you know, typically I really don't like survival <laughs> horror wow, games, yeah. but usually that's because it's like uh, if there's like this sense that I can like stay where I'm at and nothing bad happen or it's like if I tell my character to walk out there and there's something there and I have to face it, then it's just like, I'd rather just not and I'll go play something else. But how this game is set up feels like, you know, there's, you know, that sense of incoming dread and you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, there's nothing you can do to not in- encounter it. Like yeah. you, it's it's like not something you can like go out of your way to avoid or like, you know, perfectly mm-hmm. min max having enough ammo to take everything down. It's like, like um, Resident Evil would be. Um, right. So I'm very intrigued. So this might be the like one survival horror game I ever play in like, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah nice. Nice. Um, I did. I did make a video on this. It's on the channel. You can go check it out. It was kind of, I picked uh, cool. three games from the Devolver Digital Showcase that uh, stood out to me. This was one of them. And uh, it does, it does, it does pique my interest a lot. There's something about it. The fact that one, like you said, it is a roguelike kind of card build uh, deck building kind of game. But within that teaser, they also showed some weird clips. Like it would, it would, it would show the, the, the game, the board that you're playing the cards, this mysterious person on the other side that looked horrifying, just like, like you're playing against them. And then it would be cutting into actual, like real life, like steady camp footage of real life and then it'll cut into like a 8-bit style game and then it was cutting into like a some sort of PlayStation 1 looking kind of game and then back into the yeah. game. And I yeah. was like what is going on here? And that's, that's, trippy, that's man. That kind of stuff I was like lock I'm locked in. Trippy. Let's go boys. I'm ready to get I'm ready to jump in. Yeah, like in the description they kind of hint at that there's going to be like um things on the playing cards that help you like hints on the playing cards that help you solve the puzzles in the puzzle room and so i imagine like kind of those weird segments are probably different puzzles in the game Mm. um or in the room that you're trying to escape out of 
Um, so mm-hmm. man, Got it. I don't know. It seems it yeah. seems really cool. Uh, like I said, this is this is one of the things I love about Devolver Digital so much is you know they publish that these games awesome. and bring them to light, and they have a right. Pretty, for not being a triple a publisher or anything like that they pretty they have a pretty wide audience um that right. you know these games make it out to so right uh austin what is the game that you uh what's another game that you want to talk about in regards to uh the list that you have yeah. i know we kind of already touched on avatar and starfield is there which one do you want to go to next um i i want to talk about redfall so this came from the the, the, the the xbox um this is an Xbox Microsoft exclusive game, and I, I believe it's going to be day one on, on the Game Pass as well. Yes. Um, but this 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 trailer really intrigued me. Um, I love the humor of it. I love the style. Um, you know, again, cinematic. I don't think we got any gameplay. It wasn't any gameplay stuff, but it it I I just the humor of it all. That the, the I, I put in here. I put. Um, Four-person co-op Stranger Things aesthetic vampire left for dead. <laughs> yes. So like yes. It, it it looks like a horde. What do they call them? It looks like a horde game where you're just sifting through tons of uh you know, va- and this is vampires. So the vampire is the enemy, but you you're like a you're a group of like four um people survivors and um. It just looked really cool. All, all of it, I, I loved it all. It got me really excited. Um, honestly, uh, I think uh, yeah, Arcane Studios—they're the people doing it. But um, yeah, the main thing—the reason why I said Stranger Things aesthetic because like the title, like when then the Redfall title showed up, it was that similar sort of like grainy retro '80s style look. Totally, so I'm hoping totally. we get that throughout the game because it, it looked really cool um and uh you know i'm all about a crazy first person shooter it'd be great if i could you know get a group of people to play i think it'd be and you know each character of course has their own unique abilities i'm sure and um i'm excited to see this game i i I think it's going to be really fun yeah i think what's interesting about everything regarding (laughs) i think everything that's interesting about um redfall is the fact that for me we saw like okay, so this was at, at the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Uh, Redfall is very much a Bethesda game, um, and I think what's interesting is that we're seeing a yeah. lot lately how big these studios are starting to become, uh, and how and how how much like how much they're complicated these studios are becoming. Um, we saw with Insomniac that they literally made Spider-Man, went straight into doing Miles Morales, and then also Ratchet & Clank so quickly within a, a, a good couple of years. We're starting to see that with the room with rumors of, uh, of Sucker Punch doing that with um, possibly Ghost of Tsushima. And then we're seeing this again with Arkane Studios, where this year, by the end of the year, I think in October, we're getting um, Deathloop, which is an Arkane Studios game, and then Redfall is also an Arkane Studios game, that is coming out set for summer 2022, which is a good chance it can get delayed, which honestly that that might happen. But the mm-hmm. fact that we're seeing a lot of these studios being utilized and growing, and it's very interesting. Another one is, is Obsidian. I know Obsidian right now is working on like five games at one time. I just don't understand how they do that. And so mm-hmm. uh, I love Arcane. Arcane is very, very, they're very 
good at the games that they make. They're known for Dishonored series, and I love that franchise. It is awesome. And to see them kind of, you know, they were kind of utilizing the the talent that they used in Dishonored, and they were kind of transitioning that into Deathloop, which is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. And then I'm kind of excited to see how they kind of take turn the page and do something different, which is a four-player co-op game, which, like Austin said, very much so with the very aesthetic of a Stranger Things kind of thing, and is with vampires. And you can play the game by yourself, one player, or you can play with friends if you want to. We didn't see any gameplay. It was a CGI. So for me personally, I can't get super, super excited about that. Like this wasn't really even in-game engine, but it. But overall, I think just the fact that the just the small amount that we saw with their vision through the CGI trailer made me excited. So, Adam, do you have anything to say in regards to Redfall? Or? Um, I don't. Uh, I didn't really get to. I don't think I really saw that one. Um, uh, or at least okay. kind of had it on the background so i don't yeah, really know yeah. too much about it cool um uh, yeah mm. it actually looks really really cool um going into mine the next one i'm going to talk about is death stranding director's cut um the reason why i want to talk about this is and i don't want to go too much because this can this can this can be way too long um so this is so far this is what i have director's cut um there's not much like not much was said about the director's cut. What I do know and what was said is that Jeff Keighley made it clear after the little teaser that we got that we were going to see more in-depth of what the director's cut entails within a few weeks. And that was not too long ago. That was a week ago. And so I, with, that, with him saying that, and what's interesting is I didn't see much people say this. Only a few people picked up on that. But to me, I was like, okay, did Jeff Keighley practically just say, we're going to get a state of play soon? That's practically what he was yeah. saying. Um, and so that is going to be happening soon. We didn't get to see much of what that entailed, but I do have this, this, this teaser is completely out of this world for a multitude of reasons. One, I'm going crazy over here, guys. One death stranding is though it was made by Hideo Kojima. It is owned by Sony. Sony owns the idea. And so we did not see amazing sales with Death Stranding. It, it did it did well, but it wasn't probably the sales that they were looking for because they never talked about the sales. And so it came, it went from there to PC. And then now I can picture Director's Cut being their PS5 port onto, you know, trying to sell it again, or like one more chance so that way they can get more sales out of it. But this is the big thing. This was not just a regular teaser, just teasing the fact that we're getting another expanded version of the game for the PS5. This teaser had Metal Gear Solid written all over it. Metal Gear Solid is not owned by Kojima, unfortunately. He created it, but he doesn't own the IP. And it's not Mm -hmm. owned by Sony. It is owned by Konami. Konami is the company that Kojima left after bad blood happened between the both of them. He left, Sony scooped him up automatically, and then he created Konami Productions. So, with all that put together... He created... um, Not... He didn't create Kojima Productions. Konami. Kojima Productions. Yeah, there you go. Not Konami Productions. Thank you, Adam. You saved me. You saved me yeah. from the complete crazy people on the internet. Um, so the thing is this. The game, the everything about it was like you can't, you cannot miss it. Metal Gear was running all over it. The way that the entire area that we saw within the warehouse, the way it was set up, was made for sneaking around. The way that the the, the characters were moving around 
and this this sounds dumb, okay? But the way that they were patrolling in certain ways, Metal Gear. The way that the camera was zooming in on a certain character's face, that that move of zooming in on 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 the enemy face, the way that it was, that's a Metal Gear shot. Like that's what Kojima did in Metal Gear. We see Sam Porter Bridges look. There's a vent, and you see the rat go into the vent. That is a straight call out from Metal Gear Solid One because when you were in the vents, there was rats always in the vents crawling around. So either that means one Sam can now go through vents. Sam can go through the vents to sneak around the guards, and that was never that was never gameplay that you can do inside of Death Stranding. So that's brand new. And to top it all off, he looks and there's a box. The box is the big, the big symbol of Metal Gear. He gets the box. He dumps the box out. There's oranges. The oranges. That is a symbol call out to Metal Gear Solid 2 because in Metal Gear Solid 2, when you shot the box, there was oranges in the box. Sam Porter gets inside the box, obviously. So this is all Metal Gear. So what does this mean? What does all this mean? Well, And, and, and to top it all off, and I'm <laughs> going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk, but let, let me finish this. And to top it all off, there is, there is straight up Metal Gear music in this teaser. There's Metal Gear sounds. And there's Metal Gear music. Who owns that? Konami. If you put that in here, you have to either be just crazy and get ready for a lawsuit from Konami. Or Konami had to sign off and say, that's okay, you can do that. And why would they say that? Because either Sony is trying to let us all know that one, hey, you can buy Death Stranding Director's Cut. It's going to be coming out on the PS5, completely upgraded, enhanced for the PS5. Two, we're also going to let you all know that we also have a good relationship going on right now with our boys over in Konami. And you best believe that we're going to be getting Metal Gear Solid 1 remastered by Blue Point Games, who just remastered Demon's Souls, ready for you all. So for sure. this, is all, this is all just conspiracy. I mean, this is so much just coming from just a small teaser. But that teaser had so much to say. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's so mind-blowing. So Adam, please go. I know you've been, you've been trying to butt in so much. No, it's 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 totally fine. Uh, I I just like to think that the, you know, it all leads up, and then he gets in the box, and then realizes he doesn't fit right, and then gets out, <laughs> and then that's so that's like you know, uh, Ko- Kojima's way of like being like, yeah, this would have been fun, but this isn't how it's going to happen, right? And then, <laughs> but you hit the nail on the head, like you know, Blue Point remaking MGS One, like makes a lot of sense and. This could even be, I mean, if we're going to theorize and get the cork board and like do the red string around stuff, yeah. it's like could, this could just be like Kojima's way of saying like he's involved in it, right? Yeah. Um, he, he's helping out with it. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's it's fun time. It's fun to yeah. tease people. I love this uh, stuff. Like this I love stuff, this. Stuff. But then if you if you never ever deliver on that kind exactly. of stuff, then it's then it's just frustrating. Exactly. And I think my last thing is how does this all fit into death stranding i don't think they're just going to release the game the way it was just straight for the ps5 the, the re- they're calling it a director's cut for a reason like the thing is the game was made by kojima so it already was his cut of the game it's just a, it's just a fancy name to say they're re-releasing it and i think they're going to be adding some small levels inside of it i know inside there was after metal gear saw one came out there was a side game called metal gear saw vr missions and what it was was just a lot of mini games of you as Snake just trying to sneak around the guards. And that's what the entire game was. And you had to just get the best score in the game. So I'm pretty sure that's what he's probably doing with this. It's just going to be a bunch of mini games just trying to sneak around the guards inside of 
Death Stranding. So, anyways, that's everything I have to say in regards to Death Stranding's director's cut. Adam, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, so the next game I was going to bring up, uh, because no one else is apparently, uh, is Elden Ring. Of yes, course, dude. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I. Just, yeah, <laughs> you weren't going to be the one to do it. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I did want to talk about Elden Ring. Um, it should be really exciting. People, of course, have been very hyped for this game for a while, uh, with it just being like the next, you know, from software Souls, you know, Soulsborne game uh, that Absolutely. they're making. And people love those games. Well, there's a hardcore fan base for those games. Uh, Absolutely. So, I'm kind of among them a little bit. You know, I love, love Dark Souls 1. Um, I, I tried 3 and kind of hadn't really picked up speed on it, but I actually recently started playing Bloodborne, and this is, like, the fastest, uh, like, Souls game has hooked me. Um, the first, like, hour or whatever was, like, the normal slog, but then once you start getting the feel for it, and that game oh, changes yeah. the feel so much, and so oh, yeah. what I'm actually most excited about now is to see if Elden Ring changes that feel again, um, mm. and, I, and I specifically mean in terms of, like, combat and kind of, like, how you do things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Dark Souls 1 definitely kind of has, like, its meta... Um, but and Bloodborne just flows so different. Like Dark Souls, I think you can be a lot slower, methodical. You have a shield. Bloodborne, no shield. You can't block yeah. anything, so it's yeah. literally all dodging or interrupting parry. with like uh with your well, yeah, I guess you kind of would consider that a parry with the um with the gunshots yeah. um and whatnot. So uh and it just moves so much faster and it's and oh, that's yeah. really I've really enjoyed that. Although I was a big shield user in Dark Souls 1, so it's been an adjustment. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to see what Elden Ring becomes, uh, I do. I wasn't at first very thrilled about the idea of it being an open world game, but the more and more I've thought about it is that, you know, uh, From Software has struggled to quite hit the world design, I guess world slash level mm. design and combined that Dark Souls 1 did. Uh, you know, Demon Souls kind of did this one thing, Dark Souls straight away from it, and then Bloodborne, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, all went back to what Demon Souls was doing before, and I just don't understand right. why. Um, and so I think this is maybe the way that they kind of get back into a very overlapping world, greater world, uh, opposed yeah. to kind of having the independent sections that are the overlapping stuff but maybe we'll see i mean plus the fact that it's all set on you know based on world lore that is written by george R. R. martin is really cool yeah. too um yeah. i i think he'll i think it's a good match you know just the kind of stuff and lore that comes from you know i know for sure dark souls and i imagine uh bloodborne as well um just being able to have someone who kind of I would say he has a knack for like writing world backstory and world events. You know, I think that's something that does make um, uh, Game of Thrones really cool uh, and just like the unexpected things that happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for it. It looks cool. I like the trailer. It looks yeah. very much like, you know, Dark Souls, but hopefully, totally. they've, you know, evolved the gameplay even more. Totally. Austin, are you a, are you a Souls fan? 
Um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't really, I have well, first of all, I haven't played Dark Souls. Uh, I haven't played through any of the games. Um, I honestly, I, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just haven't played a lot of it. Um, they're, totally, you know, the totally. closest I think I've gotten to, to souls like experiences with Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and you know, it's, it's similar. I think it's, I don't think that's as slow or as, you know, it, it's a pretty, it's like a light souls feel, I I, I would think. Yeah, um, but there is there oh man, there is one that I have been playing on Stadia. And it's called um oh man, what is it called? It's called Kronos Before the Ashes. Right. And it's it's it, it's uh it, that one is is pretty souls like. Uh, I would say it's it's you know, a pretty slow clunky um, I don't think it really compares with Dark Souls uh, personally, but like it has the same like you know vibe and feel of the structure. It's sort of like as if Dragon, um, How to Train Your Dragon and Dark Souls had a baby. <laughs> like it's sort of <laughs> kiddish in animation and stuff like that. Like it looks like DreamWorks made it, but um, it it really is. It, it's cool, but I, I I'm gonna definitely. I want I want to play Elden Ring. I, I want to try it out. I, I you know I, I'm totally up to to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I, I'm I'm actually really excited for Elden Ring. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Souls fan. I, I played uh, Dark Souls one, two. Didn't play three. Played Bloodborne. Love Bloodborne. Played Sekiro. Love Sekiro. Like Sekiro's like Sekiro was a peak for me. Like I think Sekiro was the iteration upon iteration of everything else, and then they came to Sekiro, and Sekiro was kind of like it was. It was simple, but more advanced. Sekiro was where you're just playing this one character. You don't create your character. You don't rename your character. You're playing this one guy. You only have one weapon the entire time. And then, but the thing is they changed verticalities. And so what I'm seeing, this is, this is also another iteration upon Sekiro with one. You can see in the gameplay, you're going to be going up cliffs. This is open world. And I think there's an open world hub. And I think they spoke about how there's going to be like six extensions from that hub to like dungeons that you will go and fight the bosses within those areas. And so everything regarding Elden Ring looks dope. That trailer was sick as heck. It was so yeah. cool. Uh, and so I'm very, very excited for what they have in store for this game. So, yeah. And they had a release date too for next year. So I'm really excited. I think July 21st, 2022. Uh, yeah, it was early next year. Yeah. I think that's the, yeah. I think that's the right date. I I remember not to go back. I remembered I was going to bring up during your talk on Death Stranding and whatnot in the definitive edition that I got the normal edition like just earlier this year. So I'm I'm hey. really hoping there's not a lot of differences because uh, I'd like to be able to happily enjoy my base version of yeah, the game. Dude. For sure, for sure. Um, Austin, the last the last one that you have on your list is everything Halo Infinite regarding the multiplayer. What do you have to say about this? I'm very excited for the multiplayer aspect of Halo Infinite. Me too. Yeah, I I, I really am excited to see that, you know, they kind of gave us an overview of of what it's going to look like, uh, specifically with how massive the customization goes. Um, You know, customizing everything, the person behind the mask. I mean, you you don't see the person behind the mask, but... You know the voice, the, the all of that. I think the one that really stood out to me though is that you'll get to um, you'll get to have different AI that you can choose for the battlefield. So um, you know, and you know, with 
for those who who aren't super familiar with with Halo, um, <laughs> Cortana lives in your head uh, throughout the story. Um, in multiplayer, you get to choose different different AI that goes inside your helmet. So it could be a, an Australian male voice or some British woman or, or whatever. Um, you know, it, it's going to be very very customizable. Um, it, it, and I'm super excited just to, just to get super in depth with that. Um, I'm also really excited. The gameplay looks amazing. I think the trailer they released, if you haven't watched the trailer, you've got to watch the trailer. They, it was all in game, but it was just choreographed so well, you know, oh, yeah. it was amazing how they choreographed everything. Um, you know, I really like the, um, uh, it's, I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's a grappling hook, yeah. pathfinder yeah. from Apex, pretty similar function. Um, swinging around, grabbing, you can, you can zip an object to your, to your person, yeah. and throw it at someone yes, else. Dude. Um, it, 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 I mean, I'm just excited. I'm yeah. just excited for all the different cool things you can do. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the visuals. Um, we talked about this before. They got a lot of flack last year or that was 2020, right? Or was it 20? I can't remember when they first revealed infinite. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this, the, yeah, the visuals look incredible. Um, they, they, I think they really upped them a lot. I saw a lot of side by sides all over Twitter from la you know the last time they showed it to the this time and like there's just so many it was night and day mm -hmm. they they listened and they took action and the game looks really good now so yeah. um you know i think all of our wishes were met and yeah, i specifically put the multiplayer down on on the show notes though because i it's free yeah. that's the huge mm -hmm. thing it's free anyone can play it anyone can anyone has access to it you know so um Whew, it's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to get into it. Excited. That'll probably be my main game for a while. Is the multiplayer mm -hmm. on Halo? I've been playing the multiplayer on Reach lately, and I've been loving Sweet. it. So I can't wait. Yeah. Three four three has been hard at work for sure. Yeah. Uh, and just like talking yeah. of that, that multiplayer trail was fantastic. And I think been and correct me if I'm wrong, but that mm. last I think it was like the last moment where. You're like the player was like flying through the air and kind of off to the side. He shoots his grappling hook and like grabs a energy sword. I think that the energy sword was also like kind of flying through the air and like grabs it, equips it, and like you know just totally takes someone out. And I'm like, that is dope. Someone. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me correct you. Let me correct you real quick so because cool. they did yeah, show off please. the grappling. They did show off the grappling hook, grabbing a gun and then pulling it to you. That moment that you're talking about is also super cool because what he did is he threw a grenade behind that item, that yes. item and it blew it towards his direction. So yes. now the items on the floor are not just staying on the floor. They're projectiles no. that go in direction. So he jumped up, threw the grenade, it propelled it to him. He grabbed it in the dopest samurai armor ever. And complete like it's it's speaking to me, man. It's speaking oh, to that me. Looks so and sick. honestly, my multiplayer game choice right now has always just been uh warzone i've been enjoying warzone i just like call of duty like they just they, they get them yeah. it feels right but there's I'm, I'm i got an xbox for a reason i have the xbox series x i was really excited for infinite and all power to them they delayed it i i mean i that's yeah i i, I know they got flack but that's uh, that's a lot of respect they chose to delay it 
to make it perfect. There's a lot riding on this game, not mm-hmm. in regards to Xbox as a whole, but for the franchise. So I know they want to get it perfect. So I'm really excited for that. I'm telling you right now, Halo multiplayer, I'm going to be on that almost every day, dog. Like I'm going to be playing that. Yeah. I'm going to be on there. Uh, and what I love is that the the battle pass Same. is not going to go away once the next one comes out. The way that their battle pass works is, let's say like everybody does. I mean, mm-hmm. us three, we have jobs. We do our work. We we have our significant others that we want to spend time with. We don't. We can't game all the time. And with that, sometimes we miss the battle pass. We just can't get everything. And once the yeah. next battle pass comes out, usually you can't get everything that you yeah. miss. But that's not how it works here. The battle passes will continue to, like, you'll be able to keep it. Mm-hmm. When the next battle pass comes out, you can choose to just put all your XP to the previous one so that we yeah. can make sure you got everything there. And then you can move on to the next one. So I love their forward thinking. They're thinking about the players. The game is free to play. Yeah. Like, the, like the fact that they're the way that they're doing it is so smart and so well done. I, I'm ready. I'm gonna battle. I'm gonna buy the battle pass day one. I'm gonna be there ready to go. And I'm going to be playing the heck out of this game, man, because I'm so yeah. excited for it. Same. It is It is the only game that has me wanting to turn my Xbox back on or buy a new <laughs> nice. Xbox or nice. get, you know, Game Pass or on, <laughs> yeah. on a PC if I end up finishing build one. It's the only one. Like, yeah. there are other games that look good and are interesting, but it's like, you know, that's that's the only one. For real, for real. And that's the thing, Adam, is the fact that even if you built even if you built a computer, you still don't even have to pay for Game that's Pass because the game is free. You can just play you can right. you can just play the game. Right, right, right. You can just download the game and start playing the game. It's awesome, dude. So I'm very yeah. excited. I'm excited. Three for three so far is really, really doing well. And I've been seeing mm-hmm. a lot of commentary from people who are mm-hmm. huge Halo fans. And even they're like, this is they're doing all the right things right now. They're doing everything right. So let's just hope that this release happens this year. It, it it really just the nostalgia thing was like it just it was so nostalgic watching the Halo trailer. Yeah. It was like yes, this is just how I remember it. Like the the sounds, the the everything, mm-hmm. all of it. It was just like I'm so happy to have Halo back in the yeah. forefront. You know, it's so great to hear everything and see everything. Oh, yeah. it was yeah. great. Um, going into mine, I mean, we have a couple left, so I'm going to go through these. As- quickly as possible um planet of lana it was an indie game that was shown off at the summer game fest i have a video up on youtube of me kind of going over it there's gameplay playing on it as well so check that out if you want to it is an indie game by wishfully studios i gotta say we don't know much about this game yet but when it's te- when a teaser just has one the aesthetic and the music and the mystery all working in cohesion it it grabs mm. me dude the, the it looks like a watercolor painting come to life and what's funny is that on their twitter account on the planet of lana twitter account they were showing their concept art and then they were showing the gameplay there is not a difference between the two like the concept art was a full-blown watercolor wow. picture of what they wanted like a certain scene to look and then they showed that scene in the game exactly the same way and so yeah. That's the that's their goal was they want to make sure that the game feels like you're playing within an actual watercolor uh you know painting it feels so ghibli to me there the music hits so hard there's this mystery going on you're playing this girl with her little uh animal i have no idea what the animal does but there's something going on within this world that is coming that's falling to pieces by some meteors or something that's coming to the world so i'm already getting choked up dude um so i'm really excited it's not heartburn I'm, 
I'm getting heartbroken. <laughs> I'm really excited for Planet of Lana. Uh, Adam, did did you see this game? Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw it. I thought it looked nice. Um, nothing super jumped out at me. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you from this call. Uh, Adam, uh, what is your <laughs> what is what is your next game that that, that you want to? My next one is Tina, or sorry, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah. So I'm super intrigued. You know, it's yes. from, um, you know, Gearbox and uh, 2K Games. So it's uh, another game within a game, basically. So it's set in yeah. the Borderlands universe mm. as like people in the Borderlands universe gather around and play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons together, exactly. basically. Yeah. And and it's not not only is it like, you know, High fantasy, like, you know, straight high fantasy is fine. But I've come to, like, realize I really love when people kind of take that and, like, flip it on its head and, like, warp it at least a little bit and make it really, you know, and kind of zany and and kind of defy expectations in ways. Like, I've been listening to um, uh, Fantasy High, which is, like, a and d group, all college humor people. And it's, like, set in high fantasy. But if a high fantasy reached, you know, I don't know like 80s level or like uh like the you know decade 80s kind of level of technology yes. with like phones and stuff like that and like yes. cars and it's wonderful uh, uh and so it's this great. like to me speaks that uh in volumes and the art style of course borderlands it's very cool it's very distinct i love it and then even just the voice cast like of course um mm-hmm. ashley Iconic. birch uh you know is already in the games and she does a lot of stuff but you got um wanda sykes andy samberg will arnett and i'm just like yeah what, what? how does yeah. how does it get better than that you're telling me that yeah. those are the people in my <laughs> adventuring wait. party yeah quote unquote in this game like and then i love D, so it's just like a lot of cool yeah. stuff coming together for a cool game so yeah. i'm very excited very excited um I'm going to go on uh, Breath of the Wild 2. We saw an awesome teaser showing off our first glimpse at the gameplay for Breath of the Wild 2. We did get Mm -hmm. a teaser of it before, but it was kind of just like a CGI trailer. Maybe that was a cutscene within the game. But everything has been just shrouded in mystery. What is Breath of the Wild 2? We don't even know exactly what it is. We don't even know what the exact title of the game is. Is is Breath of the Wild 2 the full title? I think they mentioned that there is an actual title for the game. They're not saying it because it's going to kind of spoil a bit of what the story is. But I will say this: It appears that we're back in we're back in Hyrule. Uh, and real quick, who, who's played yeah. Breath of the Wild? I I played it. I, I know Adam has played, played it. Okay, Austin has played because I knew Austin had a had a switch around the time, so I didn't know if you. Did. I played it. Um, so we're back in Hyrule, and it to me, and I kind of wrote it as Skylands. I know a couple of people have been saying it that way, but we're now going to be adventuring up into the into the sky with these floating islands that are up there. They showed that off. Maybe we might be going underground. That's just theorizing due to the fact that it seems as though both Link and Zelda in these CGI trailers that we've been getting, they are underground. That's all just speculation. But I have to say this. When they showed out that teaser and it opens up and it shows the sky and we see, we don't know who it is, but we see this character just floating down. I'm not going to lie to you. I got filled with emotion. I was like, let's go boys. Like they know how to just get us excited. The game, the game looks beautiful. 
I- I'm telling you right now, it's running off of a uh-huh. Nintendo Switch Pro. There's no way it's not. It's running off of a Nintendo Switch Pro. And I think the fact the fact that they're adding that added element of the sky, like it's it's <laughs> they're, they're putting so much more into this no, open it's... world, which calls yeah. for more power to be drawn to load all this up. Unless unless Nintendo's found the magic to kind of hide all these loads somehow. I mean to be fair, Breath of the Wild did get released on Wii U, so maybe this is just Breath of the Wild using the full power of the Switch. <laughs> oh, okay, plus, Adam, all right. Plus, people you. get better f- developing for hardware towards uh, as oh, the right. console uh, lifespan That's goes true. on, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I, I will say they're not going to let this game just be a Nintendo Switch Pro game. They're, like, Nintendo's smart. They're going to make it some sort of cross. Um, but I'm very excited. I've been seeing a lot. Of, I've been watching so many videos because there's been some awesome speculation of who are you actually playing. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not the kind of person that's like, just throw a female character in a game just for the sake of that. I want to play as Zelda. I'm not going to lie. I think Breath of the Wild really put her in this pedestal where I'm like, she's dope, dude. Like, she's super yeah. cool. And there's been some speculation. Mm. Maybe they're just putting a different, you know, a, a character model in place. But when you go in, you're actually playing somebody else. This has been done before. The Metal Gear Solid 2 teaser. People thought you were playing a snake. You're actually playing as Raiden. And they've done this multiple times for other things. And so that'd be cool if you're actually playing as Zelda. And then there's been us also other rumors of people. And I love the speculation. And if it's true, th- this will be dope. There's been some speculations. People are thinking you're playing as Ganondorf. Like some pre-ganon before he became ganon the re- that's the reason why his his arm is completely like he has a robotic arm he has an arm that's Ooh. built with the technology that is within this world of hyrule or whatever and so i don't know i'm so stoked but i will say this the last thing i have to say about breath of the wild 2 is the fact that it has a release date and they didn't seem confident the way that they said is so far it looks it's going it's going well so far i know japan was hit really hard with covid uh, yeah. And so a lot of there was a lot of hauling on game production over there. But I, the fact that they announced that this game is coming in 2022, it d- didn't seem very confident yet. That leads me to believe and we, I don't want to we don't have to get into that conversation right now. But that leads me to believe that Nintendo Switch Pro is not coming out this year. I think we'll see it at the beginning of next year. Uh, and that that date kind of solidified that to me. A lot of the games that I would think are super big that you need a Nintendo Switch Pro are all coming out next year. So uh, that kind of confirms it for me. But do you guys have, any, have anything else to say in regards to Breath of the Wild 2? Sweet. All right. Do Adam, you, do you, oh, do you want to say, you can go say something if you have something. I was trying to be, I wanted to, I was trying to give Austin a chance if he wanted to jump oh, okay. in, but. Go ahead. All right. Adam, um, you have <laughs> Death's Door. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh, okay. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, go, go, go. So, well, so I'm just going to throw out to break up all the, well, maybe not break up all the theories, but what I think is probably the simpler theory is that there's time travel and that the, like, Link we see flying through the sky who has wild hair, that is Link, but he ends up going back in time and being the hero of legend that's talked about in the first Breath of the Wild. You know, because he cool. now with the arm, with the crazy hair and like the shroudy thing looks like that guy. So they and they did like that in Skyward Trunks. Sword. They they did that in Skyward Sword. So it's uh, yeah. spoilers for actually, I'm sorry. 
spoilers for Skyward Sword because it is getting an HD remaster in a month, and I'm sure people are going to be playing it for the first time. But yeah, sorry about sorry. that. Um, so and then oh, what was I don't know. Oh, just because the show, don't listen to all these Bloomberg articles mm. and whatever Wall Street Journal that are like, our analysts say that the Switch Pro is going to get announced sometime on Thursday. Yeah. Okay, guys, come on. Don't We've been saying them. that for like two years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, what, do you have anything to say in regards to Breath of the Wild 2? Yeah, I, I really am excited about the abilities. You know, they they seem yeah. to show off, showcase some cool stuff yes. you can do. You know, going through walls. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see how you can utilize that sort of robotic cyborg arm you have. I think that was sick. I think the character yes. looks awesome. I'm super yes. excited to play. Um, I think it's linked. I think it's I, I you know I personally I think it's linked and from another time that'd be really cool too. A time traveling link. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I'm just stoked for the gameplay. I'm ex- I'm stoked to fly in the sky and you know do crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so it, it's gonna be great, and I'm I'm more I'm stoked. I'll buy. I'm definitely gonna buy a Switch for this game. So um, de- definitely gonna be Sweet. definitely gonna be buying a console for it. Very cool. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Adam, what do you have to say in regards to Death Store? I'm so excited for this game. This is probably actually my hope most. Hi- this is my hope most hyped game. You know, I, I left it for last. Uh, nice. You know, like Breath of the Wild's cool, but that's gonna just come when that comes. This game, I think, is out next month. Yeah. Uh, it looks fantastic. It is such an Adam game. Like the combat looks like it's like straight ripped <laughs> out from Hyperlight Drifter, which I love. Yeah. It yeah. has like kind of a mood and like a setting that's kind of like. In one way, it's kind of like Hollow Knight, where it's very kind of like de- dark and depressing, but also has like colorful aspects of it. And that's really yes. cool. But it has like this interesting kind of zany like world story to it where yes. it's like people don't die naturally anymore. And the world is now run by these like very like lazy crows. And you play someone who has to then go out and collect souls. What? Um, And then on top of that, it actually, the graphics (laughs) actually remind me a lot of The Last Campfire and kind of also like Tunic and the Link's Awakening remaster, where it's kind of like more of a toyetic. um, Still, it has like, you know, I guess high high definite, like high resolution, but it's still kind of like this like toy aesthetic which looks really smooth and it's really easy to see stuff um which will play well no matter where where you play it you know makes it a great switch game but it's still like a game that you would play on your playstation 5 or pc or whatever or or you're on your phone if you're doing like um some kind of streaming for it or if it comes to ios naturally but um this i try not to get my hopes up too much but this you know, will could easily like go into like my top three indie games or top five games or something overall if they if it's like well oh. executed and you know and and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, very excited for Death Store. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, that is the third Devolver Digital game that Adam has on his list. So Devolver Digital is obviously killing it. Just, they continue to kill it. Uh, yeah, Death's Door, like you said, looks a lot like Tunic. It's almost as if someone was like they saw Tunic, which has been talked about for who knows how long, five years now. And they're like, hold my beer. And they're like, let's get this going. And it looks, it looks good. It looks so good. And I can't wait. 
very metroidvania aesthetic to it so i am so stoked yeah. so stoked and, for death store and the verticality like if you're watching like the gameplay demo it's like there's aspects where there's like bridges crossing over different areas and so it's like mm. you have to path back over again um which like you said Metro- metroidvania or like the 3d kind of metroid space you know yes yes in, in a lot of aspects so yeah yeah uh and then lastly speaking of metroid the last game that i have is metroid dread we have all been kind of knowing that metroid prime 4 was in the works they first announced it years ago unfortunately it got completely rebooted again being made by retro studios they did they did acknowledge that it is still in production at, Re- at retro studios and i have a lot of faith in them they know what they're doing retro studios is a really good really good development house so they I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for what they have but i don't think anyone was expecting to see some more to some something to hold us over like metroid dread was a game that was so 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 let me put this in perspective. The first original 2D Metro game that we last got was in 2002. That was Metroid Fusion. 2002. That was for the Game Boy, okay? And then they announced in 2005 that Metroid Dread was in development for the DS, but was canceled due to the limitations of the console itself. So this is... This is, I don't know how many years, 15, 18, 16 years in the making? Like, this is a long time coming and i'm not gonna lie I-, I popped off for this out of everything in that entire conference i was excited for breath of the wild 2 but metroid i'm a huge metroid fan. <laughs> and it's been said that metroid i think lives on in people through nostalgia not a lot of people buy it but i will say this this game gives me hope because we saw through gamestop we saw through amazon they all showed their listings of the top selling games after e3 for GameStop and Amazon, it was both Amazon, uh, Metroid Dread. So I think that shows off the hunger and want that everybody has for another yeah. Metroid game. On top of that, I don't like, I've never played the Prime games. They look super cool. But if I was given a choice of just a fully, like a full, like complete 2D Metroid game compared to a, you know, first person shooter, I would probably do the 2D because that's just where i see metroid fit into like that's just what i know it to be but i'm still i'm still gonna play the prime games whenever they get remastered when the switch they're gonna do that i know that they have to um but either or i'm very excited for metroid dread uh it looks super cool i i can't wait for it to come out and it's coming out this year dude for the switch so very excited for that do you guys have anything to say in regards to metroid dread or anything else before we end off this topic of the show We'll start with Adam. I do not. I'm stoked. Uh, I, I, I'm interested by your point, Robert, about like if you would prefer getting the two two D Metroid games over like the Metroid Prime series. Um, and I and I say that because for me personally, I s- still love the two D Metroids, or really, I still love Super Metroid because that's the only one I've actually like played to completion i've done a little bit of samus returns or um and want to go back to it now but to me the indie space has just championed the 2d metroid 2d metroidvania genre and really like made a lot of special games out of it that is very true not that i wouldn't enjoy 2d metroid and i i'm of course i'm going to 
buy it and play it and hopefully love it. Um, it, it does look really cool, but there's just so many other games in that area that I like. And so Metroid Prime uh, specifically fills an, a niche where it's that, that 3D Metroid world design, but it's like the only one that's like an FPS as well. Like, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Souls, God of War 2018. Like they all have like aspects of that kind of world design. But they're, you know, for the most part, like melee action games, third person camera. Um, so Metroid Prime like fills a very unique uh, role in the um, game space still. In the catalog so, of Nintendo, for sure. I, yeah, I, I don't think too. I don't think there's any other IP that they have that can lend to an FPS <laughs> FPS game. Yeah. And uh, you do make a great point. And honestly, it's almost like. It's almost as if someone's like, it's almost as if Elvis went back to try to make music, but he's already outdated. He's not relevant anymore. People are like, get off the stage, old man. Like you kind of, you kind of have to innovate more after that, you know? Yeah. And so, which, and so, which Metroid Dread going into the survival horror genre is a perfect move from that regard. Because it's like, there, there's no way that they can just go back and top Super Metroid without changing the formula. Like people are, I'm going to be like this isn't a separate uh, super metroid or these other like indie uh metroidvania games that we love now so. exactly and I, and i'll be honest i would love to see an iteration of I, i'm not gonna lie to you guys since i was a kid i've always created my idea of what i will make the dream metroid game be like i loved metroid that much and other m i know a lot of people didn't like other m i really enjoyed other m um the story was super weak i get that but i think the gameplay of other m has so much potential and I would like, I would like for there to be, I would, I would just love a, I would love a third person action adventure with semi horror elements in a Metroid game. No FPS, but I just want everything that we see in like a God of War or something like that fully implemented into a Metroid game. We see that with Breath of the Wild. We see that with Mario Odyssey. Like I just want that third person action adventure implemented into a metroid game almost like returnal i was about Completely to say like i think returnal. that game's called returnal <laughs> it's called returnal it is that is exactly what it's called it's called returnal but none of the uh what's the name of the game um what's the what's the genre it is a roguelike without yeah. a roguelike kind of gameplay aspect to it yeah just complete horror horror aspect and just that tension so i really would love that within the franchise but adam i, I get what you're saying and that actually is a really really good point so i totally agree with you on that um okay so i i I know we're kind of running uh a little long here let's just i want to just go through real quick in regards to what we've been playing we don't need to go through complete just breakdowns of what we've been doing but i do want to make it known what we've been playing because we have not talked about this in over maybe two episodes so austin real quick what games have you been playing i know that you have this whole setup with the google tv and the stadia and all that so what have you been playing in regards to uh you know this past two weeks yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I've kind of been going back and forth between PC and Stadia. So PC, uh, I started Control. Uh, it was free on Epic Games. And I I, I got yes, that. Dude. Or no, was it free? Yeah, it was free, right? Yeah, yes. it was free. Yeah. Um, and I, you might I want to check your bank account. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's been really fun. It, the, I, like, it's really trippy. Like the story's trippy. Yes. And 
I really like the combat and the feel. Um, I have I've been I seen the previews and screenshots and stuff of her flying. I haven't got the flying ability, the floating ability yet, oh, but yeah. I'm working through it. I love the I love the gun. I love it all. So I've been playing Control. I've been playing um, Halo Reach as well, um, multiplayer specifically, um, just multiplayer. And it took some getting used to. I used to play that game in high school all the time, and I was I was pretty good. And so hopping back into it, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this game feels so crazy weird. Um, I'm so used to you know as far as shooters go, like I'm so used to Modern Warfare. So like that quick kind of snappy stuff is just not really Halo. You know, it's a little slower. If you don't mind me asking, um, but um, I'm really in regards to the multiplayer. Is there actual people still playing on those servers? yeah dude. yeah master chief i mean i i have no difficulty yeah master chief collection master chief yeah, collection is available sure. on game yeah. pass it's all free if you have game pass um and plenty of people playing and i love that I, like plenty i barely have to wait for games at all like people are still playing halo and it's Sweet. awesome Sweet. um so i've been loving that uh as far as going over to stadia um yeah like you mentioned and as i mentioned earlier you know stadia is on select android tvs as well as the google tv uh the app is available um and so i've been playing um obviously jedi fallen order is like my comfort game won't go into that you've all heard plenty about fallen order love the game um i i mentioned chronos before the ashes uh the dark it's a dark dark you know um dark souls-esque game um and that that's been that's been cool been been fun I, i'm sort of stuck on it right now I, i'm a little confused but i'm getting through it um and then uh another cool kind of like side scrolly um uh, uh you know plot 2d game is uh trying four Trine 4 is on Stadia. It's just free on Stadia Pro, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful looking game. It's a fantasy game. Uh, it sort of follows three different characters, a mage, um, an archer, sort of assassin, and uh, sort of a brute a warrior. It is super nice and, looking. Um, yeah. there's a, it's a really, it's beautiful. And, and the, the storytelling is, is great. Similar to Last Campfire, where you have a really great narrator uh kind of talking through the whole story and it's really it's a joy to play um i like each character has a very specific roles and functions um so it's really fun to to kind of swap between all of that so i i really yeah i that's kind of what i've been going through um a good variety of games but yeah it's it's been it's been a good couple of weeks of gaming i've been that's really awesome, enjoying dude. it adam what uh what you've been playing um well i guess i i will mention i did beat and platinum god of war and it's a phenomenal game and everyone should play it um on ps5 because the 60 frames per second makes a huge difference um and then so since then i've actually moved on to bloodborne which i'm like i told myself thank you thank you for the the fake applause rob um I have moved on to Bloodborne, which is like, I'm like, I told myself I was going to wait for them to do a 60 like FPS patch. Yeah, but then dude. just like, finally, the curiosity was like, man, this just seems like I want to yeah. actually really what happened is I tried to play Demon Souls, but then I was having a bug with uh, couldn't get past like the loading screen. And it was oh. like, I tried what people said to do online didn't work. So I'm like, I'll just play Blood- uh, Bloodborne instead. And Bloodborne is phenomenal. Uh, it's really very clear why it's such a special game to so many people Um, just the kinds of things it does in the levels is just 
so different than what they did in Dark Souls, and they've just evolved the combat in such a cool way, and like the way that they make you manage your resources. In a way, it's like very light survival horror element in that aspect is like absolutely how you manage your resources is way different than dark souls um they make you use them and uh yeah and it's and that and that's just really cool to me that they've found a way to like take these elements of the game that people could very easily and very often just straight up ignoring dark souls and then and like get you to use them um like i said no blocking very quick dodging lots of dodging uh it's very cool um and just the trick weapon concept is so cool to me just the fact that you have like your your weapon and there's like two variations of the weapon that you switch in between really quick uh and it just makes the combat so layered and so deep um and just it's really like mastering it is even you know there's so much more to master there even more so than what was in dark souls um so it's really cool it's really nice. great. Um, you haven't had that. You haven't had that story spoiled for you, right? I know nothing about Good. the story of this Good. game. Good. Uh, nothing. Um, literally, I think the only thing I saw before was maybe the first mandatory boss fight, and I did, I had no idea where in this the game it was, and so even when I came upon it in the game, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's it's really good. So Sweet. very, Sweet. very intrigued by the, by the story. Um, the other thing is very different. I picked up uh, Link <laughs> Between Worlds on 3DS, which I hadn't nice. finished before. And so and I hadn't played Link to the Past um, before whenever I had started this. So now that I've played Link to the Past, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this play Tower here. I was in, you know, did this in the other game. And just it's really cool how they've used the same map, but like, you know, changed a lot. Um, so yeah, enjoying that. Um, uh, just nice. got the master sword. So, um, yeah. Sweet. Fun. Awesome. So, uh, for me, I've been playing a couple things. Um, I jumped into a couple demos. These demos were available after the E3 showcases, uh, the, the following week from like Xbox. So I jumped into the tunic demo. It was a very small portion of the game that we get to play. Not too much. Uh, everything that I love, everything that about it, I love. I'm very excited for this game to come out. Uh, ever since the beginning of when it was shown off, I was very intrigued. Playing it, I'm 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 hooked. I'm 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 dead set. My only awesome. thing with this, my only thing with this is this, and I'm not sure if there's other games that have done this before. I feel like with a lot of games within, um, how do I say this? So I feel like there's always a tilt shift on majority of games that's at a 90 degree angle. And, and you either are moving side by side on the 90 degree angle or you go up and down that 90 degree angle. North and south. I, felt, I, don't, I don't know how many games do this because I know Death Store doesn't do this either. But this game is at... I'm sorry for the listeners. You're going to have to watch the video to kind of understand what I'm trying to say because I'm trying to think in regards to degrees because I have to do this kind of stuff with Photoshop with shadows. I think it's at like a 40... So this is... You have your hands straight, 90 degree angle, going down slanted. This game is at a 45 degree angle at all times. So you're always going kind of northeast to continue going up north. Does that make sense? So it doesn't shift that way at all. It doesn't like move around or like flatten itself out. It's always at a 45 degree. You're moving up this way. You move up and down side by side in that direction. I mean, so, it's like the Supergiant games, right? Well, Supergiant is also at a 90 degree, is it not? 
I don't know. So like maybe I'm not understanding so like, you right, but they have I, that I like they have that angled, you know, look rather than being like if you're looking at a grid and it being it's not straight on, it's like from this way and then of course you're looking down. Oh, uh, okay. I see I see what you're saying. I guess what I'm trying to say is let's say you're let's say there's stairs in a game like that. Would the stairs be just straight up going up and down or would they be at an angle they would be at an angle going up yeah the stairs? okay yeah okay. Well, then all this the super giant games are like that death store is like that um okay. it's yeah okay so this is not new to me this is new i've never seen that before um it threw me off a little bit but i was like it didn't bother me at all it was just something that i've never seen before i'm very excited for it tunic is very promising it's cute and i'm so excited for this game i'm so excited for this game so i'm i'm dead set i'm locked in whenever it comes out cool okay uh next i played the sable demo uh look i think the good the only good thing that sable has going on is that song that japanese breakfast made for them because unfortunately the game did not run well and i will say for me it's not like the game is running off of a cloud for me it was downloaded straight onto my series x played off of it again this is a demo so i don't know if this is some pre-alpha package that they're showing from before uh, if they did, I don't know why they would do that, but there was the the game. The way it works is the game should be running at a steady either 30 or 60, but your characters move in like 10 frames per second. If that makes any sense. So, so there's okay. So like with, so let's say it for a walking cycle, it takes 10 frames. Well, then it's like as if they cut out every other frame. And so it looks choppy. But that's the that's the aesthetic. But unfortunately for me, the game was completely inconsistent regarding frame rate. There were so many pop-ins. There'd be moments where I'll be standing in a direction and completely everything went dark as if there was a shadow over everything. And then just move my camera just a bit, the light came back. And so there was some pop-ins in regarding shadows not doing really well. Uh, props were not showing up for me. I couldn't actually talk to people or access my bike or do certain things because it the prompt was not showing up. It was just not working for me. And so I was very excited for this game. I don't want to say I'm completely giving up on it, but at this moment, I'm not jumping into it anymore. The demo really soured the entire thing for me. And so I'm just not going to be checking out Sable anymore. I know on Twitter, Austin did say that, you know, he showed off that he was interested in the game. And I said, oh, well, let's I'll wait till I talk about it on the podcast. And I didn't have a good, I didn't have a good run with it, but I don't want that to kind of, I don't want that to dissuade people. It that was just a demo. For all we know, it was just a slice of what who knows, beta gameplay, pre-alpha gameplay. I don't know. So it could come out that the game actually runs really well. But for me and what I played on that demo was not good at all. And it it, it I'm not gonna play it at all so far. Um next I jumped into some Halo Combat Evolved. I've never played the Halo games. Well, I have played like the multiplayer with my cousins when we were little, but I never went through the story. Uh, I kind of I'm excited for Infinite. I wanted to make sure I'm prepared and caught up on the story. So I jumped into Combat Evolved. Uh, I love it. It's fun. Uh, it threw me off, dude, because I was at the beginning doing the little beginning tutorial and showing you how to move around and stuff like that. I accidentally pushed the button that showed you what it looked like before, and yeah, literally I was sitting in my chair, like I tapped it two times and I literally jumped like, well, what was that? Like I thought the game glitched for a second. And then I pushed it again. I was like, oh my God, I forgot this yeah. is, I forgot they had that feature. And oh God, it doesn't, it didn't look too good back in the day, but for sure 
I'm sure it looked great in, at the time. At the time, it probably looked great, but these days, not anymore. But um, I've been having fun with it. Um, kind of leading up to the next game that I've been playing. I, last night, I was trying to play the game with my Razer Kishi. Don't ever play a, a first-person shooter game with a controller like that. It, it just did not lend well to it. I was actually like, I can't, I can't play this. I have to stop. And so I went into my Game Pass and I literally downloaded as many indie games as I could to fill up the rest of my storage. So that way, because I was like, this is what I can play in bed. And the mm-hmm. one game that downloaded the quickest was a game called Pikuniku. And didn't yeah. know what it was. I've seen it before. And I jumped into it. And I'm not going to lie. It is a delight of a surprise. I love it so far. You want to you wanna know who publishes Pikuniku? Uh, Devolver Digital, is that who they, it is? They do. Also, the game's free on uh, Stadia Pro, too. Um, that's oh. like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played it yet. I haven't played any of games on stadia yet despite signing up for the pro um but i have a few downloaded and that's one of them i highly recommend you guys try pikuniku out if, if it's free try it out i i'm not gonna say too much but i've never laughed at a game ever uh maybe at it takes two which is a co-op game that came out this year by hazelight yosef ferris i i laughed at it a little bit because you know it was trying to be a comedic game but this game i i love dumb humor and this game has dumb humor. It would be this thing where you're this cute little guy with just two legs. And you run into these people and they're like, oh my God, you're the beast. And then they like you're captured and they're like, what? And, and you're kind of like, you can choose word options, but the entire time you're just chill, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything to you guys. And then they're like, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything. Oh, okay, cool. And then they just let you go and you do your thing and it's uh, what I love about it is the first I'm not going to spoil like how you do this or whatnot, but you break a bridge and you need to fix the bridge in order for you to kind of get these people to kind of trust you a bit. And the way that I figured out how to fix that bridge, the game didn't tell me how to do it. It is just through you understanding the, the craziness of this weird world and utilizing it because I accidentally fixed it. And I start, I la- I started laughing out loud. I was like, there's no freaking way that's how you fix this bridge. And so I I totally recommend you guys play this game. It is fun. It is funny. It is cute. So I'm really, really excited for that. Um, but anyways, that's everything in regards to what we've been playing. Um, we do have a couple of things in regards to games being released. I'm just going to read them real quick. Mario Golf Super Rush comes out on the 25th for Switch. Scarlet Next is coming out for the PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, Series X, and S, and PC on June 25th. Very excited for Scarlet Nexus. I can't wait for that game. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is coming out on the Switch on the 25th. We have Sky Children of the Light coming out on Switch on June 29th. That is by that game company, who is also known for... Um, Journey. Game? Journey, thank you guys. Thank you. Journey on the PS3. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus is coming to Switch. On June 30th, I'm not going to tell you anything, but it, I'm, I'm telling, I, I'm not going to tell you what the game is, but play Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. It is not what you think it is. And that's all I'm going to say. That is all I'm going to say. The game is not what it looks like. And then lastly, lastly, A Plague Tale Innocence comes out upgraded for next gen for PS5, Xbox Series X and S and Switch for July 6th. I'm very excited for Plague Tale. I actually downloaded it and I was going to play it but I'm so glad that I found out that it's actually getting an upgraded enhanced 
port for next-gen consoles because I know the sequel is actually in development right now. So check that out whenever it does come out on July 6th. But guys, that is the XP Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on this podcast, going over our top picks for E3. I appreciate you guys staying, you know, going through the going through the troubleshooting. You guys are here with us from the beginning. Uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Uh, yeah. And again, like I said, from the very beginning, I have the interview up with Chandler Wood regarding everything the Blue Box Game Studios conspiracy on the channel right now when this when this video is published so check that out on the youtube channel and until next time guys we love you keep playing those games and peace out see ya